Grove, tending to her still, makes the best corn whiskey, mister, this side of our hill. listening to Hillbilly Homestead by Brick Daniels. My name is Trisha Wagner and welcome to Creatively Natural, where we discuss living a back-to-basics natural life while finding creative ways to do it along the way. This is episode two entitled Natural Ways to Deal with Sickness. I've had a little sickness in my house. It's lasted a couple weeks, so we're finally over it. Thank God. My husband was sick and so was one of my kids. And we ha- I thought this would be a good opportunity to discuss how we deal with sickness in our house. So there's a few different ways that we deal with sickness. The first thing that I do, I want to explain to you, um, I, ha- I have to ask them, what is wrong with you? And that kind of sounds kind of silly because sickness is sickness, right? Well, it's really not. I have to ask them, um, Do you have a cough? Do you have a cold? Is your nose stuffy? Do you have an earache? Is your throat hurt? Does your stomach hurt? Have you went to the bathroom lately? You know, everything from head to toe. And believe it or not, it makes a huge difference to know exactly what is wrong. Because everyone is different. Everybody's body heals different. So I need to know exactly what is wrong with you, not just I got a cold because I got a cold to me could mean completely different than I got a cold to you. So that being said, of course I did that. And um, once I did, I kind of narrowed it down. The first thing that I usually do is I'll whip out the nettle infusion. And nettle is a plant that grows wild usually. It has stingers on it. And those stingers, when you touch them, is almost like a bee sting. It feels just like a bee sting. The stinger, if it sticks in you, is just like the stinger of a bee. Um, So if you're working with nettle, you definitely want to wear gloves. It's the only plant that I do wear gloves with still. Um, Every once in a while I'll get brave and I won't wear them, but most of the time I wear gloves when I'm working with nettle just for the sting factor. I still get stung, to be honest with you. Um, It's worth it to me because of the payoff. What I do with the nettle is uh, I actually have it growing in my garden because I'm the crazy lady that has wild plants growing in her garden. But I'll take that and I'll harvest it. And a lot of times it'll take about one to two weeks to dry. If it's a real nice dry day, windy, it won't take that long. But I usually um, dry it on a clothesline on my porch. And um, when people see that, they're like, what is that? Well, it's netto. Why do you want that? Well, I use it for medicine. You do what? (laughs) Well, um... I just decided I don't care what anybody thinks and I can be the crazy weed lady Um, but so once that's dried I'll bring it in the house and I'll take about anywhere from a tablespoon to a quarter cup I usually don't measure I don't usually measure anything but um, for if you want a specific measurement I'd say 
if you're really sick, use about a quarter cup. If you're not that sick, maybe a tablespoon or two. I just grab a handful and I throw it in. Um, generally, like the my fingertips worth. If they're if the person's really sick, I'll take two fingertips worth. And then I'll almost always use honey with it, just for a sweetener. And I use raw honey. Raw honey has a lot of good properties in it and helps stave off illnesses and sicknesses as well as allergies so i will put that in and then if they have a sore throat i'll put um, what i call calendula some people call it calendula it's a type of marigold this is a pot marigold it's not the same as what you would buy at walmart to plant in your garden i do plant it in my garden but i use seeds to plant it i don't buy it in the store um, but I'll take the petals off of that and then I'll put that in there only if they have a sore throat because it's really good for like laryngitis and things like that and swollen glands. So if they have a sore throat, I'll put that in. If they don't, I won't. If they want it a little sweeter, then I might put a red clover in, which is also good for colds. Generally, if I'm just making a, a general thing, I'll just put the nettle in the honey in. And then you put the hot water, just like your tea water, I have actually have a water um, cooler that has hot water in it, so I'll take the hot water straight from that. And then I'll let that set for at least four hours. You have to let it set for at least four hours because that takes that nutrients out of the plant and puts it into the water. Sometimes I'll leave it set overnight or all day long, which gets it even better. But you got to let it set for at least four hours. And then what you do after that is you strain that out, and then you want to drink at least a cup of that every few hours. When pretty much you can tell when you start feeling icky, like your nose starts stuffing up again or your head starts getting funny again, that's the time you want to take your nettle again. My middle son, he will tell me, he'll say, Mom, it, do you have any nettle for me? I need it. Um, my youngest son hates nettle. I won't make him take it. I'm not the type of mother that will force feed something on a child if they don't like it. Now I may say, hey, um, if you drink your nettle, I'll let you do this or I'll let you do that. You know, I'll let you go to your friend's house or, well, not when he's sick, but if he's just got a little sniffle or something. Usually, he's one that won't take it. My other ones will. So, I, I if, you, if they take it, I'll, I'll give it to them. If they don't, I'll find something else. Usually, I won't and let make him take it unless that's all we have. Generally, we almost always have something else I can give them. Um, and just to touch on um, some of the things that nettle is good for, uh, nettle is very high in vitamin C, A, B, and K. It is high in calcium, potassium, protein, believe it or not, dietary fibers, iron, which is a, another reason why it's really good for those people who are anemic like me. Um, it's high in histamine. With that very very good if you have allergies very good I have bad allergies I did it they're a lot better now and nettle is very good for that and if you put honey raw honey with that that's like a double bam excellent and um, high in beta carotene so if you're not a carrot eater this is a good thing for you and sulfur and I'm sure it has a lot of other properties these are just some that I have found that are good for it or that it has in it. Nettle is very high in nutrients. 
I'd say um, if you were going to compare it to something, it would probably be better than drinking one of those vitamin water type of drinks. I'm not necessarily saying vitamin water itself, but those drinks that have the vitamins in it, it would probably compare to that or even better because it does have like the iron in it and your calcium and things like that. Um, so I definitely do that. And then after that, depending on what's wrong with them, I'll probably make up a chicken soup. In this case, that's exactly what I did. I um, took the chicken, which I always use a whole chicken if I have it. And I don't always have it, so don't freak out if you don't have a whole chicken. As long as you have a chicken with a bone, you can use it. It's just the whole chicken has a lot more nutrients in it. But I've used the chicken legs and it turned out pretty good as well. So if you don't have the whole chicken, use what you have. I always just use what I have. I'm a go with the flow type of girl. I don't really want this or that, you know. I don't have to worry if I don't have something. I just find an alternative. Um, but what I do on almost all of my soups, I have onions, carrots, and celery. So if you're going to make a nice stock or any kind of soup with a lot of nutrition, you're going to want onions, carrots, and celery in them. And my soups, except for one that I can think of, all have onions, carrots, and celery. So with the onions, I just dice those up, no problem. I usually use about one big onion or two small onions. And then the carrots, um, I don't peel my carrots ever. If I have whole carrots, I will clean them, but I do not peel them. The nutrition is in the peel. If you peel it off, you've lost it. So I leave it in. There's some people that just do not like that. I mean, if it's going to make or break whether you take the soup, obviously peel it. But I just, I prefer to have that extra nutrients. My kids have gotten used to even eating the carrots with the peels on. So I generally just leave it on. Sometimes I'll dice it, sometimes I'll use the circles. It just depends on my mood. Now they do have the baby carrots that are already pre-peeled and sometimes they'll be on sale and of course, if, you know, if they get them cheap enough, I'm gonna buy them um, as long as they're the organic and you know, that's my stipulation if they're organic. And I prefer local, but if I can't find local, they've gotta be organic. So, and then the celery, I've got kind of something I do with that. There's some people that just generally hate celery. My sister's one of them. She will not eat celery. Well, but celery has a lot of nutrients in it. So what I do with the celery is I take one full thing of celery, head of celery, and I'll cut that bud off, that bottom part that where the roots grow out, and I just plop that in there. And that will give you your celery taste, your all the nutrients from your celery, but if you don't like celery, at the end of your Day, time when it's time to eat your soup you can pull that out so you won't have that texture and that actual really heavy celery flavor me I love it I don't care so when I make it for my family and myself I put the butt in and I'll chop up everything every piece of the celery sometimes I make the little use or sometimes I dice it just depends on my mood and um, if there is a the leaf on the top of the celery where people usually chop those off I don't I put that whole thing in there. You know, the celery leaf is just as nutritious as the rest, so why throw it away? I have that theory on a lot of things. Um, some other things that I will put in my soup, depending on whether I have them or not, I got lucky this time, I had them all. 
So I'll usually put in rosemary and if I don't have the fresh rosemary, I will use dried. Please don't ask me the measurements because with my soups, I never do measurements. I guess if I had to guess how much I use, maybe a tablespoon, but it could have been more, it could have been less. I just kind of sprinkle them in. If I have fresh, I'll take like, just clip a couple of the fresh um, little sections and um, at the end, I'll pull off that stem. But this time I didn't, so I just kind of sprinkled it in. And then another thing I use in my soup is thyme. And if I have fresh, same thing, I'll just clip a little and I'll throw that in and then I'll pull that stem out later on. This time I got lucky and I did have the fresh of the thyme. But if you don't have fresh thyme, don't freak out. The, the dried will work. Just sprinkle a little in there. And then um, I always put garlic in. Uh, if I have garlic, I use it. Don't use the powder because the powder will kind of cake at the top and it doesn't really have that properties of the um, fresh garlic anyways. I make have garlic in my garden so they'll be like real small cloves and my cloves are really, really strong. So I don't use very much. Sometimes I'll use as little as one. I'll be able to tell how strong it is by the smell and by my stickiness on my fingers. But um, if I buy it in the store, which I don't anymore, but if I were to go buy it right now in the store, I would probably use twice the amount I do at home because my garlic is that much stronger. I don't know why it is. I don't know if it's just because I don't do anything else to the ground or if it's because I put that extra nutrients in it. I don't use chemicals or anything in my gardens and that might have a little bit to do with it, but it's always been that strong. So I'm not really for sure why. But if you're going to go buy it in the store, you might have to use like two cloves. Um, I generally don't. I generally just use one. Unless they're really sick, then I will. And if I have chives, I will put chives in just for extra flavor. I have garlic chives, so if for some reason I don't have garlic, I'll put that in there in substitute of the garlic. Um, I don't generally for the soup substitute onion that for onion because even though it has the onion flavor you need the property of the onion um, for the soup now in other things I will in other things I will definitely um, pop in some chives instead of putting onion in and another thing I do which I don't hear about very often is lavender leaf now I don't like the lavender buds for soup because it has like a very flowery taste and I'm just not that for tasting, I don't want to taste the flower. But the leaves have almost as much properties as the buds themselves. And so I'll just take and I'll snip a couple because I do have a couple lavender plants. And if it's winter, I will just, I have dried lavender. So I'll just take a little bit and I'll stick them in there. And same thing with those as the rosemary and the thyme, I'll just pull the little stem out later on. But I always use that, and I never hear of anybody else using that. Maybe I'm the only crazy person in the world that does it. So if you don't feel comfortable using lavender leaves, don't. But um, I kind of did this over years. Like when I first started making chicken noodle soup, it was just chicken noodles, and that's it. Chicken and noodles. And um, my mom made it for years. She made homemade noodles and my grandma made it and they did the chicken and the noodles and there's nothing wrong with that. That's the way that a lot of people do it. But I had thought 
one time, what if I throw some garlic in there? So I started with that. And then the next time I'm like, what if I throw some onions in there? And then that was good. And then I, what if I throw some celery in there? And then that was good. And I just noticed that the color started changing and it started getting like a deep yellow. And I realized the flavors started changing and it started getting a lot better. And, um, it seemed like it worked better and nothing against my mother mom I love you I love your chicken noodle soup I'll eat it anytime you know I will even I think it's psychological with me even though my highly nutritious chicken noodle soup I would much rather have my mom's and I think I don't know if it's because she's made it and I didn't have to make it or if it's just because it's mom and moms just can do that um, I think everybody has a mom that you have a recipe, good or bad, that if you eat it, it's the comfort food. So that was my comfort food when I was younger, and I love it. Um, so I would never diss anyone that eats it like that. But that's I, I found that the more you put in, the better it is. Now, I did some experiments that didn't turn out so good. I put parsley in one time that turned out awful, awful. I one time I put ginger in and that turned out awful so there's a few things that I did that didn't turn out good so just experiment see what's good for you but that is something that I've done and it's turned out great throughout the years and I almost always whip up a batch of chicken noodle soup when we're sick if I don't do chicken noodle soup I might do say vegetable soup or lentil soup but I always use that onion carrot and celery base for the soups that I make for the most part there's things like um, broccoli soup that I wouldn't do that for but your your normal soups I always use the onion carrot and celery base because that's what makes the soups really good and when I do my stocks that's also what I do so I've got those two things that I almost always do and this time I definitely did I whipped out the nettle infusion I made the chicken noodle soup and I'll tell you what, with the chicken noodle soup, um, I start it at like 8 o'clock in the morning, sometimes even as late as noon, and it's done by 5, 6. I'll take out that um, the chicken at around that time, and there'll be bones. You won't be able to get all them bones out. My husband will be the first to tell you we have bones in our chicken noodle soup. I have tried and tried to get every single bone out, especially when you use the whole chicken. It is very hard because there is little teeny bones. My family now knows to kind of watch for that. But if your family is kind of funny about it, you may be better off using like the cut up chicken or, you know, the chicken legs or things that have the bigger bones. But it does have the more nutrients when you use the whole chicken. So I tend to prefer the whole chicken when I have it. But um, then when I take that out, I'll just kind of shred that up and it'll pretty much be done for me because it pretty much shreds in there the whole time because I've had it simmering all day long. And then I'll throw that back in, just the chicken back in there, and then I'll throw my noodles in. If I don't make my noodles homemade, I prefer Amish noodles and that's just because of the size and the texture that they are and that they don't have a lot of junk in them. I prefer my homemade noodles over anything, but you know, when you're sick, you don't always have your homemade noodles. So I um, will buy Amish noodles, preferably. This last time, I didn't get so lucky. I didn't have Amish noodles. I didn't have homemade noodles. So I had to stick with the basic, average, wide 
egg noodles. A lot of people like that, so go with it if you like it. Me personally, it wasn't my favorite. I was like, ugh, these are not good. But that's just because I don't prefer those noodles. I don't, you know, really care for the texture of them. My mom always made really thick homemade noodles, and when I make them, I do have a noodle maker, so my noodles are a little bit smaller, but they're more like the Amish noodles. So, I, that's just what I prefer, and I think my family kind of go comes and goes with it. I think my husband um, has likes the thicker noodles. He don't care if he we buy the big egg noodles. My kids prefer the really teeny noodles that you um, home make. So I kind of whatever. I prefer just to buy the Amish noodles and have them. If I have homemade on hand, I will use that. That being said, if there is an earache or an ear infection with this, a lot of times what I'll do is I will um, put a couple drops of vinegar in the ears, which is very helpful, or garlic oil. Garlic oil is very easy to make. You just take a garlic clove and you want to warm that up with a little bit of olive oil. And I use olive oil because olives have very good properties, healing properties. And there's not a lot bad in olive oil. There's not like your extra trans fats and things like that with your olive oil. So I generally use that. You want to let that cool and then you can put a drop. It can be warm, but just make sure it's not hot so it doesn't burn you. Now, if you have time, you can just take a, the, a container and put your garlic in there. And over time, a couple weeks, you want to chop that up. And over a couple weeks, then you can take that garlic out and it'll be nice garlic oil. But generally, a lot of people don't even think about it until the sickness is already there. And so, if you don't have the time to do it, then definitely you can do it that way. Um, before you do that, though, consult a physician because a lot of times um, with ear eggs, it's ear infections. And although I do this with my family, I also know where my line is. If they've had an ear infection that will not go away, I'm going to tell them to go to the doctor. So don't be afraid to do that. And same thing with the vinegar, you know, if it just won't go away. We also use these eardrops that are called Nutribiotics. I love them. I buy them on LuckyVitamin.com. They're one of my favorites. I buy them there because they're, they're a lot cheaper there. You could also go to like a vitamin shop or um, there's quite a lot of other places online that are like discount um, places that you can get good, nice, healthy vitamins and things like that. This is an eardrop. It has tea tree oil, grapefruit seed extract, and um, alcohol, and it works quite well most of the time. So that is something that I like to keep on hand. I think I paid a little over $6 a bottle for it. Um, around tax time, we will buy three or four bottles and I will keep them around. And just in case, because it's something that if I don't have the time to make garlic oil, if I don't have any vinegar, if I don't have anything else that I can use, I can just, we can try that and we can pop those in. But for those of you who don't have anything like that, there's a couple alternatives. Another thing is just taking a warm washcloth and putting it up to your ear. A lot of times it'll, it'll just relieve that congestion and that'll help a lot too. Um, if you have fever, which we did with this last sickness. We did have some fever. My husband had a fever. Um, I did get a little fever, so I can't say that I wasn't sick. 
I didn't have the sickness they did. Like, they had the cold part of it, too. I had the fever. I don't know what the deal was with that because I didn't have aches or pains or anything else except for fever. But um, ginger, ginger's a very good fever reliever. And um, anything that has heat to it will help with fever. So if you can stand cayenne pepper, that also is a good fever reliever. But most people generally can't. So ginger is a good thing for that fever. So what do we do generally is make a ginger tea. You can make that from the fresh ginger root, or you could just buy the ginger tea over the counter. This time we happened to buy ginger tea. It had lemon in it. It was quite good. I was very impressed with it. Sometimes ginger tea is a little bit too spicy for me or too too much heat. This ginger tea was very good with lemon, so I'm, I think next time I'm going to try the regular ginger tea and just add lemon to it and see how that goes. But it does help break fevers. And another thing that it does is help with your stomach ailments. So if your stomach is upset or you're nauseous or you're dizzy um, caused by not your stomach, then ginger tea is the way to go. And it doesn't hurt anything. It's no different than your ginger ales or anything like that. So you could also drink ginger ale, but the real stuff, not the stuff with high fructose corn syrup and all these other chemicals. But if you get a good quality ginger ale, that will also help. It doesn't help as much with the fevers, just for the fact that the I think the warmth is what helps break the fever. So your teas are gonna be better for fevers. But for stomachs, ginger ale would be okay. Um, another thing that I use for stomachs, and um, I try to keep it around generally, and that's elderberry syrup. Now, elderberry syrup is real easy to make. If you don't have fresh elderberries, that's okay. I buy mine dried because I'm having an elderberry issue lately. I can't, for some reason, find a bush. So if anybody knows where I can buy elderberry bushes, I'd be very, very grateful. My husband and I would both be very grateful. I do know one person that has elderberry bushes but they always, the birds always eat the elderberries before we can get to them. So I do buy my elderberries dried online. And then it's real easy. The elderberries are not expensive online, but you do need to buy them before winter because in winter, the elderberries tend to be hard to find. And that's just because elderberries is known as an antiviral. It is a very good antiviral. Matter of fact, when that swine flu was going around, elderberries was one of the known remedies for that and we made syrup and used it quite often during that period and the syrup is very very easy to make you need raw honey water and elderberries and if you have fresh it's great you just crunch them up and you'll put your you probably don't even need water then you'll simmer it for about a good half hour or so and then you strain it out and then you'll add about a cup of honey, half to a, a cup of honey, and you're gonna stir that up and then that's your syrup. I bottle it up and you're good to go. When you're using dried, it's a little more complicated. You put your dried in there, you're gonna add water because you don't, you know, it's dried, so you need to make that undried. So you add your water and you're gonna simmer it for about a half hour to an hour. I generally do about a half hour as long as it's nice and dark. I use about a cup of elderberries uh, when it's dried. When it's fresh, you probably won't need as much because they're juicy. 
so you probably won't need as much. It really doesn't matter how much you use. I don't use it, do it in large batches because I haven't found a way to preserve it for long periods of time. I'm sure that glycerin or alcohol would help with that. I don't want to tell you to go out and do that because I've never done it yet. I plan to and I will let you know how it goes. But as of right now, I haven't done it. But anyways, what you do is you just go ahead and simmer that for at least a half hour and then you're going to strain out your elderberries and then you take about a half a cup to a cup of honey and you stir that in and then you're going to bottle that up. I tend to give my kids just whenever they feel like they need it. If they don't really feel good, if they come to me and they tell me they're going to throw up, I always give them elderberry syrup because it is an antiviral and it helps. It really, really helps. Part of it might be psychological with my kids, but honestly, I really don't care if it's psychological or, or and it works or if it just works. To me, it makes no difference. If it works, it works. And that's mainly what we do when we get sick. I mean, the elderberry syrup will keep in the fridge anywhere from two weeks to a month. I tend to not make large batches because of that because it doesn't keep real long. If the kids want a lot of it, I give them whatever they want. If they want a whole cup full, I'll give them a whole cup full. Usually they'll just take those little measure cups, you know, what, like you do, like when you get a thing of Advil or something that has the little cups, they'll usually just take that. But sometimes they'll want like pancakes or something, they'll use the elderberry syrup with it. It's kind of runny, so I'll usually mix it in with like a maple syrup or something like that. But you know whatever it's going to help them no matter what so however they want to take it and that's something that they can take in a lot over abundance if they want it or just a little bit if they if they don't want a lot of it and the little ones love it too so that's always a plus so if you have a little one that won't take medicines you want to make sure that they're over the age of two because you are using honey and your body their bodies under the age of two do have a hard time processing that um, but just make sure that they, you know, that they can handle that and go ahead and give it to them. And it usually helps a lot. And all of these things that we discussed are natural. So it ain't going to hurt if you're on a prescription medicine, if you're on an antibiotic or anything like that. But if you are on an antibiotic, I want to discuss the one other thing that we do do for, for stomach aches as well as if we ever do have to take antibiotics and that's probiotics. And the reason why we take probiotics is because probiotics puts the good bacteria back into your body. Look, your body will take out bad bacteria or that, bac that bad bacteria will be in there when you're sick. So you have all this bad bacteria, but what's fighting it off? Your immune system. Well, sometimes it needs a little kick and that probiotics is the answer to that. And if you're taking, say, a antibiotic, I kind of hate antibiotics, but there are times where you do need them. I'm not going to ever tell you don't take an antibiotic. But antibiotics strip that good bacteria away. So you need to put that back into your body. And that is one way to do it, probiotics. If you don't want to take a pill, eat yogurt. Just make sure it has live active cultures in it. Again, another food. So it's not anything that's going to hurt anything. I don't think your doctor will ever look at you and say, you can't eat yogurt. Unless you have a, you know, some type of allergy to yogurt, and then they might. But, you know, I 
have never heard of that. I'm not saying that there isn't. There very well may be. My kids are allergic to milk and they can eat yogurt. They, even when they were really young, they could eat yogurt. So, and it, I think that might be just because it's the, the live active cultures in it. But either way, consult your physician. Make sure that it's okay for you to do any of this. But I generally save herbalism, so I, want, I don't want anything that's going to counteract with anything. Although we do not take medication, we do take vitamins, we do take things like that. So I want to make sure that everything that we take in our house is safe and that it actually does help us and doesn't hurt us in the long run. So if we can cure ourselves with things like chicken soup, why not, you know? And that's the best way to go in my opinion. And you know, you can farm your own choice and if you don't agree with me, that's fine. You, you know, that's why we are who we are. Um, but me and my family, that's usually how we do it. So now that we discussed that and we got that out of the way, I want to tell you about my exciting trip the other day. Um, last Friday, my husband and I went down to Amish country and it was so fun. Um, normally when we go to Amish country, we visit friends, which we did go and say hi to them, but only one of them was there and that was kind of a bummer. But we went to an Amish auction. And it was an Amish produce auction. And I got to tell you, if you have never been to an Amish produce auction, you need to go. I mean, look it up. Uh, there's a lot of them on that advertise online, believe it or not. The Amish are online. Um, every once in a while, you'll catch. Um, or someone will be talking about it. I think when I first heard about this one, I actually seen a video on YouTube that someone had put on there. But we had a blast. And if you're one that likes to put food back for the winter or just wants to have extra, this is the way to go. I mean, we were there and we spent our, just what we normally spend on our groceries is all we spent. We got a truckload of produce. And I'm not exaggerating, our entire truck bed and the back of our truck, we have an extended cab, was full of produce. And I mean, I'm just amazed. It was so fun. It was fun. I love auctions in general, but it was just fun to be there and just to see the excitement. We were cold. It was a very cold night, but it was a blast. And then we expected to spend well over our budget. And we get up there and it wasn't. It was very much under what we had determined to spend. And it, it was just that much more exciting then because it was like, wow, not only did we have fun, we've been, we're under budget and we have more food than we know what to do with. So you know what that means. You could sell some. So my kids just made a little stand outside here and I live in a trailer, in a trailer court, and I'll tell you, you know, there's people that come in and out of here, but you wouldn't think you would sell much. And of course we have Facebook and things like that to advertise on. So I had advertised on Facebook a little bit just to whoever, my friends or whatever. And kids made a little stand and we've only, only did it a couple days and we've already made back, I think almost $30, not a whole lot, but we really haven't sold a whole lot to make back. And you should see the amount that we have. We got two big boxes of butternut squash, two big boxes of peppers, two 
packs of peppers, I believe, and two packs of red peppers, a pack of some kind of Hungarian hot pepper, three packs of tomatoes, nine bags of red potatoes, a box of zucchini, a pack of onions, nine dozen uh, brown eggs, and we got all of that stuff, just a little more than our normal grocery budget. And just think about it. We're gonna be able to put all that stuff back and still have enough to sell so that we can make a little bit of our money back and be able to give away to some of our close family and friends. So why not just look for a, a produce auction? It isn't gonna hurt anything, you know, go with a little bit of your grocery money. You don't have to use your full amount like we did, but you could just take a little bit of your grocery money and just go there and bid on this stuff. And it's exciting, a blast, and you come back with more than enough. And with that thought, I'm gonna leave you for the week because I just heard my alarm to go get my children. So if you are interested in show notes, or anything to do with our show, visit us at creativelynatural.blogspot.com. I will also be posting some of the information about today's podcast on that blog, so definitely visit us for more information on that. And remember, if you change your thoughts, you change your world. Beer cans line the driveway, oil stains on the lawn, a mother doe in the backyard. Nursing her new fawn Mama's in the hedge grove Tending to her still She makes the best corn whiskey Mister, this side of our hill